All right, good morning, everybody. <laughs> good morning, Peter. Good morning, boys and girls. Oh, dear. Well, no, I know you're here, okay? So this is Family Sunday. So um, this is a new thing that um, we've done the past couple of months where we really want to celebrate our church family. And that doesn't just mean the children, it means all of you and all the diversity in the room this morning, okay? So I'm really glad that you're all sitting with your own grown-ups. Um, Neil asked us to do that, and look at the example he has set. He's sitting with his daddy. <laughs> well done, Pastor Neil! <laughs> so there you go, there you go. He's teaching by example. Thank you, Pastor Neil. Okay. Andrew, there's a bit of an echo. Is there a way to change that? Jesse, thank you. I'm here, I'm here, and would you hear, and it's not pleasant. Okay, so boys and girls, what book of the Bible have we been learning about the past few months in church and in rock? Raise your hand if you think you know the answer. What book of the Bible begins with an E? Yep, Ephesians, well done. Can you catch? Oh, I can't throw, sorry. Okay, <laughs> Ephesians. So for the last part of our service this morning, we are going to go back into Ephesians, okay? So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Joshua, can you put it up for me? This is the verse that we're going to focus on this morning, okay? There we go. So what we're going to do is just to get all our minds focused and get us all paying attention to the front, we're going to say it together, okay? Now, when I was young and learning Bible verses in church, we were always taught to say, the Bible says, and then you say the scripture verse. Did anyone else learn Bible verses like that? Yeah, yeah, okay. So let's try that all together, okay. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Great. So that's the verse we're going to focus on today. Now, does anyone in here like to ask questions? Have you ever been told you asked too many questions? Be honest. Grown-ups too. Yeah, okay. That's great. Don't let anyone tell you that's a bad thing, okay? That's how we learn things in life. That's how we learn things, by asking questions. And here's a really good tip for you. When it comes to the Bible and reading scripture, that's also a really good thing. So no matter if you're maybe really young here, or maybe you're really young in your faith, it's really good to ask questions. When we read scripture, it's really good to ask. When you read a verse, think, what does that mean? Ask questions. Ask other people. If you have a really hard question, ask Pastor Neil, okay? So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at this verse and we're going to ask five questions really briefly to help us understand this verse. These five questions begin with the letter W. So maybe some of you boys and girls have done this in school. Have you ever heard of who, what, when, where? What's the last one? Why? Okay, very good. Okay. So the who, this one the boys and girls can help us out with because they've been learning about this in rock. Who was the person that wrote the book, this, this book of Ephesians? It was a letter to the church at Ephesus. Put your hand up if you think you know. You know? Well, God inspired all of scripture. Yep, thank you. Like, absolutely. Good. But there was a max. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to throw the heavier ones because I really worry about injuring someone. Okay. God definitely inspired all of scripture. That's excellent. Look, that's excellent. But who was it that's attributed with writing? Carmel, you had your hand up. Paul. Yeah, Paul. Maybe someone should come and assist me. 
Andrew, you may need to give these out because they're heavier, okay? Okay, so Paul. Paul is a man in the Bible. Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you've read this verse hundreds of times and you know all about this. Maybe this is the first time you ever read this verse. It doesn't matter. We've all got something that we can learn. So Paul, he was described in many different ways. Lots of people call him the first missionary. Um, after he was converted, he, pre- he preached to people, he taught people, he um, you know, set, established churches, he, he helped people in their faith. And lots of his letters are part of our New Testament. So when we read our New Testament today, lots of his letters are in that. So he was a pretty important person. But why do we think we need to pay attention to him now? He wrote this letter you know, 2,000 years ago-ish. Why is it relevant? Because back then, this church at Ephesus, they looked a bit different to us. They were, it was a different time. Their culture was different. Society was different. They would have looked and sounded and talked different to what we are today. But there's still merit in what he says. And what I'm going to suggest to you, it's, a, it's because of Paul's experience, because of his life experience, that I think we should pay heed to him today. God has allowed this to be part of our Bible, part of our scriptures, part of our, our learning. And I think that it's because of Paul's life experience. So we're not going to go into his whole life this morning, but in a, in a nutshell, Paul was not always a Christian. Okay, he, um, he has an amazing conversion story. And if you want to read about that, you can read about that more in the Bible. Um, but he wasn't always a Christian. In fact, he actually lived a very wicked life. He was involved in really cruel things before he was converted. And we don't need to go into all the details of the types of things Paul did. You can talk to your grown-ups at home about that. But um, the things he was involved in, were they were really nasty. It wasn't nice. So he wasn't writing from a nice Christian bubble. You know, some of us have been so blessed to grow up in Christian homes with good churches and good families and good communities. And we really, we don't know anything of persecution. We don't know anything of cruelty. Paul did. He had seen, he'd been part of the very worst parts of human experience. But yet, he's still saying to these people in Ephesus, and he's saying to us, to be humble, gentle, patient. And it's not because he thinks the world's an easy place to be those things. He knows how cruel the world can be. He knows how awful people can be. He knows how tough life can be. But he's still exhorting us to this command. And I can assure you that when you read this, maybe you're thinking, well, if you knew my life, you wouldn't tell me to do these things. If you knew about this person in school who is so nasty and horrible, you wouldn't tell me to be humble or patient. Well, Paul here has seen all the worst bits of people. He's probably experienced much worse than you ever have. But he's still saying that we can, we can do these things. We can still practice humility, gentleness, patience. Of course, we can stand up for ourselves. We believe in justice. We believe in right and wrong. But we can make these things a way of being for us in our everyday lives. And I think that's part of why we, we, do, we should pay heed to Paul. He has real-world experience. That's the who. What exactly is he saying? So if we pull out three words from the verse, humble, gentle, and patient, right? I sat down to try and write a definition. It was actually quite hard, and I didn't want to get a dictionary out, because who wants to read a dictionary out to church on a Sunday morning? But if you think about it, do you know what it's like to be around someone who's humble and gentle and patient? So think in your mind for a second. And you think of a person and you think, yes, it's really nice to be around them. They are so patient. They have such humility. They're really quite gentle. You know how it feels, don't you? Right? Not if you know what that feels like. Yeah, okay. So what do you think the opposite of that would be? 
So humble, what would be the opposite? Maybe some of the, the bigger kids could help us with this. What's the opposite of being humble? Yes? Yeah, that's what we'll want to strive for, but what would be the opposite of being humble? Yes, there's a boy down there in the, the striped shirt. It could be, it could be, yeah. Andrew, could you maybe give some prizes out? That we wear in the red shirt. What about the word boastful? Has anyone ever heard of that word? Have you ever heard of pride or bragging? Have you ever met someone and they're good at something and they can't help but tell everyone about it? No, you've never met someone like that. You live in better circles than I do. Okay, well, in my circle, I know people like that. And it's not nice, okay? It's good to be proud of ourselves and hard work. But being humble means we don't have to tell everybody about it all the time. What about being gentle? What's the opposite of being gentle? I have a whole box of prizes here. Okay, there's a wee bit down there in the glasses. Rough, that's exactly what I have written here. Andrew, can you give me another hand? Can you give that to the wee boy down at the back, the glasses? Rough. And we don't just mean physically rough. So you all know what it means to be rough with your hands or your feet. And obviously that's not what the Lord wants us to do. But we can also be rough with our words. And if we're all honest, we've all done it, haven't we? We've been rough with our words to someone or about someone. And what Paul's encouraging us to do here is that when we find ourselves doing that, think... Is this gentle? No. It's not what we're being encouraged to do. What about patient? What's the opposite of patient? That's what we're striving for. So I'm glad you're hearing that. But what's the opposite of patient? Come on, boys and girls. I have a whole box of stuff here. I'm going to have to eat it all if I have to take it home with me. Down there, okay. Esme. Impatient. Well done. Neil, could you? Oh, got one. Impatient. This is the one I think a lot of us could work on, isn't it? Sometimes we can be impatient with other people. We can be impatient with God when we're praying for things. But what the Lord is trying to encourage us to do, and what Paul's trying to do through his letter, is he's trying to ask us to, to strive for the patience, to strive for the humility, to strive for the gentleness. And even if you think, well, I don't know what that means all the time, I don't know what that looks like. You know what the opposite is? So steer away from that. That's maybe the best place to start. That's the who and the what. The when. Now, do you think that Paul just meant on a Sunday when you're in church? Who said no? Damn it. Would you like a prize? <laughs> what do you think, boys and girls? Do you think you're only supposed to be humble and gentle and patient when you're in church? Is it just a Sunday? No, of course not. This is a really easy one. It can be really difficult to do it in your real life, can't it? It's easy to do it in church. And I know some of you are new here, and you might notice we're a really polite group of people. Like, this church is polite. You will find humility, gentleness, and patience on a Sunday. No bother. Hopefully you find it the rest of the week. But it is for every, every time, everywhere in our real lives, in our normal jobs, in our schools. This is where we have to bring this out. It's really easy to do these things in church or with your Christian friends. But what Paul's saying here is this has to be a way of being. This is for life. That's the who, the what, and the when, which leads us on to where. Where do we do it? Do we just do it when we're in Christian company? Well done. That's for you. Well done. We take it everywhere. <laughs> it's not a pick and mix, okay? We take it everywhere. 
So it's for all the time, everywhere, even when it's difficult. And what I'm going to say is that these things are easier done by practice. So if you ever meet a really mature Christian, and maybe they've been a Christian for a really long time, and their faith is deep, and this is their way of being. They're naturally humble and gentle and patient because they've worked on it for a really long time. We can all strive for that. This isn't an impossible task. But I know it's difficult. I know you're sitting there thinking, but we all have real life tomorrow. This is easy to say this on Sunday morning when we're all relaxed and, you know, in a good atmosphere. I know it's hard. What we're going to do is just a little activity, just for a minute or two, um, to try and focus our minds. And this, I've tried this out this week, and it helped me. Carmel's going to come and give me a wee hand. Are you not going to help me? Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to say the words, be completely. And when I say be completely, I want you to take a nice breath in through your nose. And when I say humble, gentle, and patient, I want you to take a nice slow breath out through your mouth. So Carmel will demonstrate, okay? Be completely humble, gentle, and patient, okay? Now, relax yourselves in your chair, and if you feel comfortable, you can close your eyes gently. Just, it's just so you're not distracted visually. If you don't feel comfortable closing your eyes, look down at the floor in front of you. Maybe pick a spot up just above your feet, okay? We're going to do it a few times, okay? This is really meditating on scripture. So be completely humble, gentle, and patient. Be completely humble, gentle, and patient. Be completely humble, gentle, and patient. Thank you, Carmel. So that's something that you can take to work, to school, to car park, to wherever you go this week. Whenever you feel a bit triggered by something, whenever the, the nature in you comes out where you have no intention of being patient with someone or humble or, or gentle, that's something that's actually meditating in scripture. And if you read the Bible, we're encouraged to meditate on scripture all through. It's good practice. A meditation can mean reading, memorizing, having scripture verses around your environment, but it can also mean connecting it to your body. And when you connect your breath to what you're thinking, you're really meditating on it because you've no room to think about anything else. So that leads us to why. Why do we need to do this? Okay. And the rest of this chapter goes into lots of detail. And whoever's speaking in the next few weeks, I'm sure they're going to go into more detail about this. And there were so many answers, but I want to leave you with two so that you remember them, okay? The first one, and the one I think is most important, is that when we have these characteristics, when we have this as our way of being, they all point to Jesus. That is the most important thing. Humility, gentleness, patience, they're all hallmarks of the person of Jesus. And as believers, that is what we're supposed to be striving for. We're supposed to be emulating that. We should be trying to be more like Jesus. And it's not just because that helps us in our walk with God, because it does. It's not because it will strengthen our faith, which it might. It's because other people see that witness. So when they see our witness, our character should point to Jesus. The second reason is that to live in this way, to really obey this command, is a very contagious way to live. Contagious is a very big word, isn't it? So it, we, to put it another way, we could say that it rubs off on other people in a really positive way. It makes the world a better place to live. Some of these principles aren't just about 
gospel truth and about setting a standard. They're actually good advice for living. The Bible is full of, if we, if we follow the Bible's way of living, the world would be a nicer place. More than, you know, above everything else. God's ways are the best ways for us to live. And this command is part of that. When you see someone who practices humility, gentle and patience, it's very memorable, isn't it? You remember how you felt. You remember how they acted. Another way to put it is these characteristics are very spreadable. I can't think of a better word, but you all know what I mean about that. They can spread from one person to another person. And this is true of lots of things in society. There are lots of social things we can do that rub off on other people. I'm going to show you a short video. Joshua's going to show it in a wee moment. And this, it's not necessarily to do with humility, gentleness, or patience. But I want to show you how one person's actions in a group can have an impact on the whole group. So Joshua's going to play that now, and then I'm going to finish off. that we're not talking about laughter this morning but that is more to kind of prove my point that a lot of things socially are spreadable they're contagious lots of the ways we're called to live are spreadable and contagious and the last question I want to leave you all with today is what are you spreading <laughs> yes yes Okay, well done. That is very true. We have to be very careful what germs we're spreading. That is right. That's why we wash our hands well and, and all those things. Okay. But, right, socially, socially, what are we spreading? What is, what is it about us that rubs off on other people? Because it does rub off. Does your character, does your behavior point to Jesus? If it does, great. I want to be the encourager today. It says you need to go deeper and you need to be with going further with your reach so that other people see that in you. They see Jesus and your behavior, your character rubs off on them. That's great. And if you're honestly sitting there thinking, well, maybe my character doesn't always reflect that. Maybe it doesn't always point to Jesus. Well, I'm with you, first of all. But let's today draw a line under it. Today can be the day that you intentionally think, well, I am going to spread humility, patience, gentleness among my circle. I'm going to finish by reading the verse that we started with, where it says, be completely humble, gentle, and patient. 
bearing with one another in love.